Okay, okay. That's that's lots of time. Lots of time. Amazing. I mean, I won't take up all the time, but thank you so much. Okay, so Jackie, <laughs> welcome to Podjucate, the podcast platform that aims to educate young people who are aspiring to have careers in advertising, particularly Ooh. those who are less exposed. Woo, woo, woo. I'm so happy to have you here. It's so long overdue. Oh. Jackie. Thank you, thank you for inviting me. Jackie, my number one original advertising babe. Listen, you guys don't know about. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. Honestly, <laughs> cheers, let's cheers, girl. Jackie and I started from the gutter, okay. And I just, you know what, Jackie, introduce yourself. Tell us what your job title is. Let us let the people know that you make no small time. Hi, my name is Jackie. Um, I'm the editorial coordinator for Europe at Vivo. Um, I'm assuming you guys know what Vivo is, but in case you don't, it's, you know, when you go on YouTube and you're looking for an official video, it's going to be on Vivo. You so don't that's, I'm sorry. Uh, Beyonce on Vivo. Rihanna yeah. on Vivo. Yeah. I'm Vivo. Period. Yeah. Listen, I tried to refrain. I did try to refrain because we're on Zoom and I was doing all the period signs, but I just had to hype her up one time because, Jack, in case you didn't catch that, um, Jackie works for Vivo. Do you know what I mean? Very important title and whatnot. Um, I met Jackie. How long ago did we meet now? Like maybe three years ago. 2017, 2017 I think. Yeah, at Pitch, when we were both freelancing. I think at the time you were doing PR, freelancing for Pitch, were you doing PR? Yeah, PR for PR for Pitch. Um, and then you went on to do some other stuff, which I won't ruin the story. So you went on to do some other stuff, and now we are here. So today it's going to be a very interesting conversation between Jackie and I about uh, navigating in the advertising industry as two uh, black women. Jackie, how do, how, would you, how do you identify? Do you identify as black or mixed race? I don't want to speak for you. Um, I do. I don't, obviously, I am mixed race in case. Yeah. Um, like, I am half John and half Ghanaian, but yeah. I, do, I do call myself a black woman because yeah. I am. Yeah. Um, so, I like, like I, I identify as both, I guess, yeah. because yeah. I am both. Um, yeah. But I think when we discuss things like diversity, mm-hmm. I would definitely call myself black. But mm-hmm. if I'm talking with other black people, then mm-hmm. I'm mixed race because my okay, experience yeah. obviously is different. Um, yeah. But yeah. It doesn't like in in the industry. If you if you're different, you'll notice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's how that's as she's what she said. Janine, what she said. Um, awesome. So uh, Jackie, do you want to talk about how you decided that you wanted to do a creative career? You you would describe your career as a creative career, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I was, to be honest, I, I was doing my master's and before I was doing my, but while I was doing my master's, I was like, I'm going to go into academia. I yeah. love to learn. Blah, blah, blah. I love to learn. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to knock my master's. I had a great time at my master's. What did you study I, your master's? Um, I did a MA in migration and diaspora, or diaspora, depending how you studies at the school of oriental and african studies um which is it's just a great name for any institution <laughs> yeah absolutely amazing 
Um, and I had, a, I had a really good time, but there I kind of realized that my passion was being like creative and like creating and producing and having had a background in like theater and drama and having dipped into it a bit. At- Woo! So sorry, <laughs> Jackie, just so people know, we had some technical difficulties because I'm me. But Jackie was in the middle of telling us about uh, your university uh, time. Basically, what I was saying was that um, I I just realized that my passion was like creating things and wanting to be part of storytelling. But before my master's, I didn't really know what kind of job that would be like. Growing up, it was like, you'd be an actor or you'd be a filmmaker. But like, even to me, like, what is a filmmaker? Yeah. I never met anyone who did it. Yeah. So yeah. there weren't anyone I could ask any questions to. So it kind of was like a wake-up call being like, hey, there's this whole industry and there's so many jobs and I should explore what they are. And if I, if I want to do that. So just going back even further than uni before uh, we go forward again, uh, where did you grow up? Because you actually have an interesting uh, growing up. Well, for us people who are just in the UK most most of the time, I mean, like, yeah, you yeah. have an interesting background. So I was born in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> in a little in a little town. I mean, it's a big town, but it's a little town called Passau in Germany. Yeah. Um, I think me and my sister were like some of the first. Um, non-white kids born at the hospital um (laughs) which is hilarious i was in a newspaper (laughs) oh my gosh Uh, because i was like the first baby i was the local celeb my mom has the clippings um (laughs) and then um and then i moved to hanover which um was in the north of germany and i lived there until i was like 13 yeah then i moved to the uk to the countryside because my mom was crazy (laughs) <laughs> the country. She loves it. She's like, she's like, we need, we need to be close to um, nothing. <laughs> that's that's what that was in her mind. She was like, you know how we lived in a city in Germany? Didn't like that. Let's live nowhere in the middle yeah. of nowhere. I love that for it's you. A bit of me. <laughs> it's a bit of me. Small town. Um, yeah. So I lived there for five years. Went to uni, and now I'm in London. So I've moved around quite a bit. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's all part of the journey. That's really good though, because I was thinking off the off topic, but I was thinking the other day, I've always done the same thing. So I've literally, I was born in the same flat. I mean, I went to Ghana for like two years, but then I was so young. Do you know what I mean? That was the most adjustment I've ever had. And then I came back, I've always lived in the same part of London. When I went to school, like I stayed, I was never one of those kids that moved schools like loads and stuff. I stayed in the same primary school. I stayed in the same secondary school. I went to the same sixth form attached to my secondary school because I didn't like change, you know. <laughs> and then like when I get, to, and I just thought to myself, like when I go to workplaces too, like when I was working part time, I stayed in the same part time job for like seven years just because I always said to people, I don't like bother. It's my part time job. I want it to be in the back of my mind. I'm just trying to use it to support my career, but. I wonder if that's also a little thing of me not liking too much change. I mean, I did change for a period of time, but I don't like drama. I don't like adventure. I don't like drama. I don't like... I don't like adventure. I like things to be just very easily... I want them to be routine, structure, so that Mm. I don't have to think too much. I don't want things cropping up out of nowhere. I don't want bother. Do you mean? But the thing is, like, I think me having moved around a lot yeah. and having had like so many different homes like i i also really crave structure and i crave like roots 
like like I love that I have like lots of different friends from lots of different like situations but a lot of them are very far away from my grasp if that makes sense like a lot of my community isn't always readily available to me so sometimes it's like I wish I could go there and see you um but it I think I'm not like I I'm not scared of change and I'm not scared of moving like to me moving feels like second nature let me pack up my things where we're going oh amazing (laughs) yeah so no one day one day I'll trade my ways but okay so then you can do it so we go to uni and then what's your first step afterwards like what's your what's your first thought what's your first move what's your what's your plan of action (laughs) I I had a plan like but when I was 16, I was like, I had a plan for my whole life. I was oh. like, I'm going to do my A-levels. I'm going to get into uni. Yeah. I'm going to do my master's. I'm yeah. going to be a really successful, important doctor, business. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't know what I thought. I just thought I'm going to be the most successful motherfucker there's ever been. Okay. This um, is really interesting that you thought you were going to be just like a really traditional route, successful. Success is still there for you, baby. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I mean, it's, it's, it, it was me being 16 and being naive, but also not knowing what other types of success they are. Yeah. So when I got to kind of 23 and I was like, what kind of work do I do really want to do? I realized yeah. that like what I thought at 16, I didn't actually want to do. It was yeah. what I thought I should do and what I thought like my mom would like me to do yeah. and like people around me. And a lot of my friends from home, they all did quite traditional things. Like my best friends from home, from Swindon, um, they are both work for the NHS. Hmm. They both are like lab assistant and like okay. a, like physical associate. So they both basically like work in hospitals. And I'm like, hey guys. Yeah, yeah, do something completely different. Yeah, so. So you finish uni and you're like, right, my plan of action is like what we're doing. Yeah, literally. I, I think. <laughs> Like my plan of action was I need to check in with everyone I know and see if they know anyone who can help me get my foot in um, to, 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 to like work at you know at the time I was like a production company an advertising company any company how did you, but how, at this stage how have you heard about production companies and advertising companies like how have you come across this whole world this whole secret world of these kinds of roles you know um, from I had such a niche. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had a couple of friends who were working in like theater, okay. and I had a friend who was working in broadcasting and stuff. Um, and like I, I'd known like I did a play in like during my undergrad, and we had to record it and stuff. Um, so like a production company came in and recorded okay, yeah. us doing the play. So I kind of had more of a knowledge, like oh, like this kind of like the structure of like what a production company is and does yeah. from that. And then I kind of just like reached out to the people I did the play with and was like, oh, who was this person? Like yeah. emailing them. And basically like, I just started like talking to people and asking them if they knew anyone or if they had any jobs. I literally went on Facebook and started joining all these like groups, like the other box. And like, this was when Facebook groups were really big. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. literally... Yeah. They're still they're still there if you want to join them. The other box, Madeline Hack. Uh, what's the other? Exactly. One? Um, 
there's like there, there was one for editing specifically called the ed collective that i also joined because this was when i was full on like i don't know what route i want to go in i just want to open myself up and just see what all the possibilities yeah. are and i think through a friend she told me about girls and film which mm. is run by um nicola i'm gonna butcher her last name sorry nicola i love you <laughs> um I, like i i want to say it's nicola vashkovska right see i don't know if i said that right but Please. Some, somebody called nicola at girls in film so yeah she's the founder she okay. she she yeah so she needed like an assistant to help her look for female directors and i like sent her an email and she like got me on and like i basically like she kind of like explained everything to me and i helped her and that's kind of my first job that was like in the creative industry yeah and from that Nicola invited me to like events that she hosted and through that I started networking and at one of those events I met Sherry. I knew that was coming. <laughs> yes and I just started talking to Sherry and like you know at the time I was feeling quite like a oh, lot okay. of frustration. Just in case people are not sorry just in case people sorry. are not making the link um because I don't know how many times I mentioned Sherry and whatnot but probably have but Sherry Collins uh editor and founder of Pitch Magazine where we then connected but yeah, as you were saying, at the time yeah. you were feeling very frustrated. Yeah, because it, it, it was, it felt, at the time it felt like a minefield. And it did feel like if you didn't know someone, because even how I got in was through meeting someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like she, she was like a very calm presence where she was like, don't worry, don't worry. She was like, like ready to talk to you and like very open wanting to meet people and it, it was just such a like lovely experience meeting someone mm. um and then she was kind of saying like oh I'm looking for some writers and stuff and like I'm not I wouldn't call myself like a writer so I referred it to another friend mm. and then I thought that was it I was like that you know that was it and then a few weeks later she sent me an email being like it was so lovely to meet you do you want to grab a coffee and that's kind of how it all started and then she gave me really good advice um pointed me at the right directions what companies were looking for runners and that's basically how I got my first job by yeah. being able to to speak to someone about it who yeah. actually knew how the industry was run just helped so much like people don't realize how much it helps having someone to be like hey is this is this a good company or do you know if do you know someone there or just like asking like yeah. what you sometimes think are stupid questions yeah um it's nice to hear back from someone yeah. and <laughs> i was gonna say when jackie and i first met i i think i remember the day i think it was because we used to work from sherry's house and that's like literally she runs her business from her home i'm sure i've mentioned that before um from her home office and she says to me, I've got, I th I'm not sure if we had both you guys in there or there was three of us or just you and I, but either way, she says to me, like, I'm getting some other people to help out with pitch. I've got like different people doing different things. I've got someone going to help us with uh, PR. We had an initiative going on at the time. And she says, yeah, this girl, Jackie, she's going to come along. Jackie's so great. Jackie, this, that, Jackie, that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Jackie's coming. Yeah. And I meet Jackie and Jackie comes in and we both sit down at the table and we're working and we have chats that day. And then I'm like, okay, Jackie's my vibe. Jackie's totes my vibe. And then um, I can't remember if it was that day or if we had met a second time, but I think it was maybe the first day we met. But the first day we met, we left at the same time. And I'm like, oh my God, Jackie, I love you. Because <laughs> the thing is, I, people that know me, that like friends of me, know that 
I am not a, how do I put it to not make myself sound like a bitch? I'm not, um, I'm not a, I wouldn't describe myself as someone who makes friends. Do you mean? I, I am. I am very, I'm very bubbly. I'm an insocial. You are very bubbly. I'm very like, people, people like, do you know I mean? People think I'm like so nice, but when it comes to the friends, I'm like, oh, whoa. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> just relax, just relax. So, I feel like sometimes when I meet certain people that I'm just like, wavelength. I'm like, mm, this is mm. it. And Jackie's one of the very few friends I've actually made. Do you know what I mean? Like, outside, outside of sick form, she's one of the very few actual, like, friends I've made in the last few years. But I just knew. I just knew when I met Jackie. And I think we linked arms and we were in East London because that's where, that's where Pitch is. And then, um, and I was like, Jackie, let's go to the Black Hair store together. <laughs> and I was what like, an experience. What an experience. <laughs> I was yes. so excited to have a friend in the advertising industry that can go to the Black Hair store with. I was like, Jackie, I need to get some stuff on the Black Hair store. Let's go together. And you were like, yeah, okay, let's go. And I was like, yay, Jackie, 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 Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Jackie Ina has changed my name completely. Honestly, honestly. I think the second time I met you, I sang, I sang that song to you. I was like, Jackie, no. Jackie, 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 Jackie. Any any occasion all of my friends get together and get a little bit drunk suddenly you just hear people going jackie 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 and it's just like me being like guys <laughs> stop telling random us my name <laughs> <laughs> i love it but from then on i love jackie i've loved me a bit of jackie so then you move on afterwards um the sherry puts you in touch with some people. Um, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil the story for you, but you went to Park Village afterwards, didn't you? Um, yes, yes. And did uh did Sherry um speak to the people over at Park Village and like sort of like put in a good word? Because I know at some time when I was applying to production yeah. companies myself, Sherry well, did. Food. So um, for obviously like like I think um for the listeners, so when. <laughs> I, I like when Cherry took me and Antheon under her wing, it was always trying to like help us like gain more skills, like more practical skills. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, um, but like, obviously like I wanted to get more into production. So Cherry helped me get my first runner position. Um, at, um, I'm completely forgetting where I did. Oh, you were somewhere before Park Village, weren't yeah, you? Yeah. I, I did a run. I did that one like, too. Yeah, it, like I did a week of running at Rattling Stick, the production yes. company. Yes. And that was really good. That that was that was really good because it was like first time being a like a proper runner for like a week. And yeah. it was like a really good experience as well. And just like again, like learning the insights of other productions. So um I think Sherry knew someone there and they just she just emailed being like, Hey, do you guys need some runners? And they were like, Actually, yeah, we do. And I just sent over this CV. And then for Park Village um I just applied on my own um I had Sherry just like look over my CV give me any interview tips and tricks yeah um and the position was creative assistant so Mm. I was working more closely with directors but also with producers and like sourcing any material they might need for their shoots and that was really good experience because it was a bit of both I got to be a bit creative Mm. um but I also kind of, you know, I did, I did some help. I did some like phone calls, you know, usual production kind of tasks. Yeah. So that was nice because I felt like I was able to dip into different parts of the business without yeah. feeling like I only had one thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then while I was at Park Village, I kind of realized that what I love is music videos. I love music yeah. videos. And 
that's how I basically ended up at Bebout. A position was opening and I was like, it's now or never. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Were you looking at Vivo jobs uh, like, or jobs such as like on music platforms and et cetera for like, how long were you looking for those, the, those roles? Um, the, v, the, the Vivo job was an absolute fluke. It was sent to a, a group chat that I was in with a few other people. It was literally like, oh, Vivo is looking for... Um, yeah some assistance and it was basically similar to my role that I already had at Park Village but slightly different yeah so I so I applied to it um and then I got an email back from my now um VP and she was like hey um I see that you speak German there's actually a different role I think you're more suitable for the editorial assist uh, the editorial coordinator role Mm. for um, Europe and that then I interviewed for it and I got it so amazing how long have you been at Vivo? I it's gonna be two years in two week in, in a week next week next week Wednesday it'll Aww. be two years. Happy anniversary! So. Three. Thank you, thank you. Um, and adding Vivo two years. How many years before were you sort of like doing the circuit of you know girl from girls from from girls in film to Vivo like today? How many years has that been of you in the industry? Like three and a half years, I would say. Three yeah, so it's like years. a year and a half that build up to the Vivo role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro- probably a little bit longer because I worked at Park Village for like 10 months, nearly mm. a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, I didn't, when I started it, I did not think that I would end up working in music production. So, yeah. <laughs> so it, it went very differently, but I'm very happy yeah. the way it went because I think this is, the path I'm on now, like, just feels like this is what I want to do and this is where I want to be. And mm. it's a really nice feeling to feel like, yes, I found it. I found my, my little yeah, corner. Yeah. yeah. So, what's Vivo like? <laughs> what does uh, it mean to do your job? What does it mean to work at Vivo? What's it all like, Cherie? Uh, you know, like, I am very fortunate. I have a very, very, like, close-knit team that gets on really, really well. Um, yeah. Like in the two years that I've been there, there's been so many like genuine jokes <laughs> and genuine yeah. like, joy. And like, we was a really nice, like a really nice supportive place to work, especially because everyone is like puts an effort into with each other. Like yeah. we've had new people start during quarantine. And even though some of them I've never met, I, it's so nice because I feel like I do know them. Like I yeah. do get, a bit of like time with them and yeah. I th- and I and I hope for them that they feel welcomed so yeah. I get the vibe that they do um I'm, I'm trying to like explain Vivo <laughs> <laughs> uh, um it's it's I think like because obviously there's a UK office and then there are a few US offices. the U- UK office is quite yeah. small mm-hmm. um and I think that's why I personally think the team just feels like very like close is because we're so small we mm. all interact with each other and yeah. we have there's a lot of emphasis put on like getting to know each other and like being a team and like just like collaborating that's what I really enjoy about actually working at Vivo is I feel like everything we do is collaborative yeah like if I'm working on something I'm not like alone in it like there are other people with me that I can ask for help and it's never like oh I can't it's always like yes of course you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I love being able to work with someone where if you have a question it's a 
of course I can help you. No worries. Or don't worry, I'll do this, you do that. It always yeah. feels like if I'm feeling overwhelmed, overworked, there's, there's an easy solution and it's just reaching out for help. Yeah. <clears throat> and you mentioned that, um, that there's a US office, just so like it's clear, Viva is a US company, isn't it? So yes, yes. the US office is going to be a bigger office than yours. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the, the US, their like, headquarters are in New York. Mm. And then they're like, like engineering offices and sales offices, like across um, America, like in Chicago and Portland and LA and stuff. And they all have different functions. Yeah. So it's like a big global. Oh, we also have an office in Australia. It's a new office. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So it's, a, it's, it's like quite global in many ways, which again, is really nice because you get to speak to lots of different people in different mm. places who do completely different things than you. Um, but it all kind of... Like, I, it, I'm surprised working kind of in content and programming, how often I do interact with, like, engineering and sales. Yeah. Uh, and, like, how our work kind of feeds into each other, yeah. which uh, you don't always get. You, you know, you can work in companies where you never speak to anyone in any other department. So Very true. that's also nice. So now in this pandemic, you wake up 10 minutes before work. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you wake up... <laughs> you sit down at your desk what's a normal day like um a normal day is lots of meetings <laughs> um <laughs> um I mean obviously during the pandemic we had to shift a lot of things but I think everyone does so my normal day will be kind of checking my email seeing what's like on the top of my priority list um so we do have we do make original content at Vivo so mm. whatever whatever every week is dedicated to one piece of original content so yeah. um kind of whatever social focus is on that i will help out on that and then a big part of my job is helping and coordinating editorial ideas so that means like kind of social media based initiatives okay. just like games engagement posts ways of using like catalog of older artists like video anniversaries like all these little things yeah to kind of celebrate and promote music videos um so that's my my day-to-day is like kind of coming up with new ways we can do it um and for example now we have notting hill carnival coming up um so we're working on a kind of social engagement post on that to kind of talk to our audience about it and even though it's not happening this year, it is happening kind of... Honestly, you were, you were saying not on Hill Carnival, and I was like, I need to get off of this call. <laughs> get on the internet and find out what the hell she's talking about, because I thought Carnival was cancelled. Carnival is cancelled. Carnival is cancelled, unfortunately. Um, but they're doing, like, a live stream of it. They're doing, like, live streams right. and, like, interactive events. But I, this year especially wanted to really go into like maybe a bit more of the historical side of why we celebrate carnival and 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 with and it's it's been really great that like i've suggested this idea and we're doing it so um i'm really excited to see if our audience is into it um i know there's like a rise of more like we're into it (laughs) thank you thank you um, and it's been great because, like, again, it's, like, very collaborative between me and the other members of the team. Lots of people coming with lots of great ideas of how we can just, like, talk about maybe more historical, interesting things about music um, because, like, that's what we're about. We're talking about music. 
um, but also like Black History Month is coming up. So what I love about my job is that I get to be creative and get to like think like what cool things can we do for Black History Month or for Pride or for Women's Month? Like that's the part of my job I enjoy because I yeah. get to literally sit down and be like, here's my idea. What yeah. do you guys think? Um, yeah. And I get to like be in control of my output as well. Yeah. So I get to be there from the planning to like speak to design about what I want to like actually like posting it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I explained that very well. <laughs> oh, that was an amazing explanation. So it seems like there's a lot of content creation like within your role. Um, it, would you say that's like the majority of your role, like content creation? I do. I act like I think that's like so probably like there's there's a lot of little things, but that's yeah. probably like the main thing I do. So um, at the moment of um, my, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this, um, my social media manager left. <laughs> um, so people <laughs> doesn't have a social media, apply, apply, apply. By the time you hear this, I hope the role will be Let me tell you, by the time I put this out, <laughs> it's gone. Don't bother. <laughs> Don't bother, don't bother. So I've been um, taking on a bit more of um, those responsibilities, but yeah. usually, um, I do this for Europe across the board. So Europe in for us, for me, means France, Germany, Italy, Spain, and Poland. So I, I try and meet the content um, managers and talk to them about like their premieres, their priorities, like what's happening in their country mm-hmm. and how can we have a conversation with their audience about it. And again, usually it's like games or like quizzes or something to do with like whatever pop star is big in their respective yeah. nations and yeah. getting their audience and stuff and it's actually fun i'm learning a lot about like polish rap music yeah Spanish pop music um spanish pop music is very fun <laughs> so turns out reggaeton is a good time <laughs> <laughs> turns out oh so what you're hearing is Jackie's lots of fun and a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. We'd love you. to see it. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but there's some there's some like analytics side, um, some marketing side, and uh, I actually do work quite closely with YouTube the platform, which has been really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'm I'm in the middle of doing my YouTube certification, guys. So oh. soon I'll be YouTube certified. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> It means, I, I means YouTube recognizes me as someone who took the test to mm. be YouTube certified. Okay. And, so I can advise you on how to upload your video. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. Like, since I've worked at Vivo, I'm finding new, new things interesting. Yeah. Like, data, trends, like yeah. what, how people are watching and what they're consuming. Things that I might have not thought about as much mm. now to me are the most interesting things. So, like, I, I'm, I'm generally like, what, what is trending? Why is yeah. it trending? What does that mean? What do audiences consume? That's me now. Before I'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Cardi B's trending. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? It shifts. It, it shifted definitely how I, like, see news and, like, um, like social media news especially. Um, because especially with TikTok, I think TikTok is the thing where I was like, TikTok is changing the music industry single-handedly by just giving people the tools to make videos and play it. music. <laughs> the kids love it. And I, you know what I mean? Like, if you told me, when I started Vivo and you told me, oh, TikTok is going to like change everything for you, I'd be like, you're lying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
but now I'm like I don't know TikTok has literally created like five number ones in the last yeah. six months yeah it's that's, true it's crazy that's a, that's a very good point what's the um the uh internship or like yeah the internship opportunities like at BYU do you do internships or do they have like educational platforms or so um we're situation but outside of the situation um, so at the moment we are restructuring some of our mentorship internship program, obviously yeah. to adjust to current times, yeah. but also we have a runners program, which means that we, um, try and invite, not try, we are inviting, um, people from the Bami community. I don't like saying that, but you know, that's the phrase, that's the phrase. um, to um, join us on on shoots, something like um, our original content. So we have um, formats like rounds, which is a hip hop format. We have something called studio performances, which is a more like across the board. And then we have um, artists to watch, which is in November. And the aim is to like invite um, people of color to come in. And before we will have call them up, give them a quick chat, like, hey, like, what are you interested in? Why you're you're coming to be a runner? Mm. And what is it? Do you want to be camera assistant, or do you want to, you know, talk to the director or the sound guy? Like, is there someone that you would like to pick their brain? We'll make sure that you that they take time out of their day to chat to you. So that's kind of the new thing that we brought in. And we also have a camera assistant program so that if you're interested in being a DOP and getting more into it, um, you can, you can come to our shoots and get trained up and get some help and like work on something professionally. Um, we're also trying, we have a new studio and we're trying to, obviously with COVID and everything, there's a bit, a lot of kind of roadblocks, but we want to invite like, young creators and musicians to use our studios to film their own content so that people on the production side can be like i made this video and then musicians yeah. on the other side can be like i have a video yeah um, so i'm really excited for that to launch um once more than two people can be in one space together yeah um but i'm excited to see what the students will produce out of that and i think that'd be really fun the mentorships internships um they are being refigured. I don't really know all of the details yet, but um, we're relaunching them hopefully and like towards the end of the year. But again, they are going to be targeted to people of color, trying to get an industry and yeah. they're different. The internship, you get to like work and like work on something while the mentorship means that you get to meet one of us and like pick their brain and like have chats and coffee with them. Just feels more like, they're your partner and they can help you out rather than you here to like work. If that makes yeah. Sense. No, yeah. That's really yeah. good. That's, that seems like quite a few things and it seems like really exciting things coming up. So yeah. Yeah. Really um, with everything going on, I think everyone wants to like restructure and rethink and like make sure that the programs that they do have in place actually are useful. Because, yeah. Yeah. Cause we like a lot of the junior members of staff were asked like, what do they want from an internship? And yeah. I think, being younger, you kind of remember what it's like having an internship and like mm. what's good and what isn't. And they all they really need is structure and like actually something real to do rather than just like do some filing or something like that. Just like yeah. actual skills to walk away from. That's it. Do you feel like um another I was gonna say, do you feel like your educational background has made 
how do I, how much do you feel like it has factored into where you are now do you know because I'm, I'm always trying to um, give different perspectives of you know I'm someone who didn't do university degree and then you know some people do the full-on works do the masters and stuff so I think that's a good comparison between you and I to sort of get your perspective on how much you think it factored in whether you would do it again like whether you just feel like I taught you some other skills that you just took into the you took into the workspace like yeah I think the thing about doing a master's meant yeah. that I am very confident in yeah. my own ideas okay. so I think I like I'm when I do say something like I'm not gonna be like oh I don't I'm gonna I want to do this yeah so I think the confidence and like in my own ideas and like thinking like the ideas that I have are good was mm. something that did, definitely didn't come natural but mm. now I think having to like pre- like in my masters you present a lot and I think that kind of presenting of your ideas does really help with my current job because it yeah. makes me more comfortable mm. I'm not especially like a lot of our a lot of meetings can be just like presenting like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, concepts and stuff so I felt like that kind of gave me a bit of an edge because I wasn't like afraid of doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, again, like university really taught me how to like do a quick turnaround on a presentation. Mm. You know, I have a presentation tomorrow. I have some findings I have to show. Yeah. I can whip that up in two hours because I've yeah. had to whip stuff up like that. Yeah. Uh, but I also think like, you know, when you are in higher education, the way that you're taught to like write and stuff sometimes isn't very helpful when yeah. you're trying to write. I, I've learned how to be very vague in my <laughs> writing, which isn't useful when you're writing to emails to people and you're trying to get something out of them, right? Yeah. You have to be very direct. So something that I don't think university can teach you is just something that you have to learn on a job is how to write a good email. Mm, that's a very good, interesting um point actually i feel like do you know what i feel like working with sherry is where i learned how to write a good email sherry is oh chef's kiss with an email she tells you sherry taught me one skill that i always keep people and when when i when i see people not doing i'm like i don't know where they you were raised <laughs> but she always taught me to write to make sure you hope someone's well do you mean wish someone well hope someone's well at the top of the email you get so much more out of them when you just start with Same. basic manners and then also just being very um very very clear in details date time when something's due by that kind of thing um requesting a response specifically on something and i think that was sort of very good foundation building and i just wanted to drop those few details in case anyone finds that um finds that helpful and then um yeah but maybe one day i'll do a little do a little email (laughs) do a little email you know honestly like i didn't realize until you know until you're like working like writing emails are so integral to you yeah, yeah 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 um so yeah same like the hope you well i also got from cherry and that's literally what i say and i don't not just email like when i message someone that i don't speak to very often yeah i always say i hope you well and as you said i always get very nice responses back everyone's always yeah. like for asking <laughs> yeah they're like thank you thank you for asking and then also they know you're not ordering them around sometimes it's just something that's missing when someone comes straight in with this 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 and you're thinking exactly Whoa. hi How <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly yeah and I, yeah definitely i always feel like when i do say like hope you well that person 
as you said, comes back with so yeah. much like energy, but also like, here you go. They like solve the problem for you yeah. immediately. And I think um, when, if, I think if you don't do it, you stand up because a lot of people have gotten into that sort of like routine of saying, hope you're well. The people that come back with attitude, despite you being nice, I'll tell you something, after a while they feel bad. They feel bad. They might come back attitude 400 times, but one day they're going to see you and they're going to be so nice. And you're going to think, what the hell? And it's because they, it's because they feel really bad and they know that they're always being seen in a certain type of way. But yeah, I think that's a really nice little tip actually. Um, Yeah. No. (laughs) The other, other, other tip I wanted to give to people is that especially now in this kind of like post COVID world where we'll have less in-person interactions sometimes the way that you read a message is not how the person meant to convey it that's really important yeah. like a really important thing is that you can be emailing back and forth with someone and you might be getting frustrated mm. don't get frustrated because once you talk to a person like to that person in in person they will be completely different sometimes you know things don't translate via email and as you said everyone has a different emailing style yeah um I definitely in my early my career would get frustrated because I felt like the person wasn't understanding me or wasn't like replying in a way that was helpful for me and that's again where emailing becomes really important instead of getting frustrated you have to become clearer and you have to be more concise yeah it's not their fault that they don't understand what you mean in your head (laughs) you know yeah yeah. no yeah absolutely Um, that's a really good point so I'm thinking about I'm thinking about 16 year old you that had big plans to be super successful um I think the first thing I'd ask is if 16 year old you could see you at this stage what do you think she would think and then what would you tell her I think she'd be like you work in music sick <laughs> like, yeah 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 the, the thing is like I I like like I think a lot of people know that like I love film and like, yeah. I love production and stuff like that but I I'm a huge music head like I love music um, I'm very passionate. I can talk about so many pop stars for hours and end. Mariah Carey's whole career. Let's get into it. Mitty Houston, <laughs> what a voice, what a talent. Like I'm, I'm, I was that girl that is watching people's live performances, yeah. like studying it. Like I was going to write an article about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like I was there, like yes. How's Beyonce running and singing at the same time? <laughs> talent. Like that. That was me. Um. So I think sixteen of me would be gas. I yeah. will be absolutely gassed that I somehow got into the music industry. Yeah. Um, and then what advice would I give myself? I would say be kinder to yourself. I was, I was very hard on myself a lot of times, um, especially when I was younger. Um, I was very unforgiving. Okay. Um, so it was, it was a hard, it was very hard route to come to be like, I need to relax. I need to be nice to myself. Like I can't be good at everything all the time. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Wanting to be good at everything will hold you back from doing anything. And I just want to say that because just, you just touched it. I, I'm telling you, you guys would have more podcast content (laughs) and episodes if I didn't want to be perfect and good at everything. I didn't have this need to not do things that I'm not good at do you know what I mean when I'm not good at it it doesn't get done I do things that I'm amazing at and that's 
that's awful but there's some but there's some things like this platform that I'm so passionate about that I keep going do you know I mean I've, and I think it's definitely getting better it's definitely amazing things coming out of it but yeah give be like that Jackie's saying be kind to yourself give yourself time to grow I think a lot you have to get comfortable the idea of not being good at things at first but the only way you ever fail something is if you give up and that's really the truth of it yeah so. and, and yeah definitely like you you can't you can't be good at something you never have done before yeah. <laughs> like and I was like now I always think about it like I like I used to be a baby and I couldn't do anything and you know like I learned how to walk I can learn how to do anything you yeah, know what I mean exactly. like, <laughs> like if if little old me somehow finessed myself to be able to walk talk and do all the other things I can do exactly, now exactly yeah then yeah but yeah like you gotta you gotta be kind to yourself you gotta give yourself like time but I think there is definitely like a culture that I definitely felt when I was like freelancing and trying to find my way of like especially on social media it felt like everyone my age or younger was an entrepreneur was getting booked was busy was doing this big things big things big things and I was like why am I not doing big things speak on it babe. Like, <laughs> honestly like, you know, it, it felt like, especially when you're in an age group with someone, it feels like everyone was succeeding and everyone was like, you know, you know, get catching the big money while you were just there, like doing your part-time job being like, yeah. I don't, I yeah. don't know where to go. And yeah. I think that also negatively impacts kind of your drive because yeah. you're like, oh, well, I'm never going to be as good as X, Y, Z or yeah. well, they did it. Don't don't worry about these other people. First of all, you don't know how long it took them to get there. Yeah. Second of all, you don't know you don't know them and you don't know their career path yeah. and how they got there. It has nothing to do with you, what you're doing. I think you'll touch on an amazing points because I just want to say that people's journeys are very very individually tailored. Where what might take one person loads of years or different opportunities look everyone's journey looks different like the literally the makeup of everyone's journey is different but the one thing is i know it's so cliche but there's no there's no one right way but that's so true and you have to be if you spend your time comparison is your enemy if you spend your time comparing yourself to anybody else as if to say that the position you're in now or the position that person's in it has any effect on where you're going then you are doing yourself an injustice because I mean, for me personally, when I was sort of like working a, the part-time job for like seven years, I started when I was 17. I was still there when I was 23 and that was killing me inside. Still six years actually. Um, but yeah, it was killing me inside. And I was sort of like looking, I, I'm literally the example of what I'm telling you guys, which is that I was comparing myself to so many people in the industry. The industry has this thing of, you know, people being very vocal and very like, um, visual with their achievements you know i'm now working with this person i'm now working with this platform i've got this contract i'm creating this people pumping out content at the rate of nothing they were so confident they were so different to me and i just think like if me watching them all the time stopped me from doing a lot of the things that i, I, I said i'm gonna do a year before and i you know it just it just does nothing for you because at the end of the day they're very different people that you know at the end, a lot of the time first and foremost learn to be happy for people secondly if they are sometimes people are also portraying certain images maybe sometimes they aren't doing as well as they might be doing that that, that doesn't mean that just because they're not doing as well that's what you should be comfortable in i'm just saying that like focus on you everything's for them you know they might seem like they're 19 and you're 23 and they're doing well but it's really just a different journey and i remember um for me someone who um 
who I was in, intrigued by, well, someone who mentioned something that was similar to my journey was uh, Yinka Bikini, who is mm-hmm. a radio DJ on Capital Extra. And I remember her saying that she worked in a pub for years, like while she was trying to get into a creative career. And then she was saying that like she was, she was, I think she was, she used, she used to be a represent. I can't remember one of the, or yeah, represent or somewhere, uh, de- like learning house DJ. And then she would go to the bar afterwards and then people would, or pub bar, and then people would come in and say, aren't you like Yinka Bikini? And she'd be like, no, that's not me. <laughs> she was so embarrassed about where she worked. She'd be like, it's not me. She'd be like, no, I swear you. And she's like, no, it's not me. Yeah. It's like, see, there was, there's no yeah. shame in the game. And I mean, for me, of course, I found that story like relatable because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. Like, you know, I was, I was doing these amazing opportunities. I remember like literally going from Twitter and then going to go and clean people's sick in a bar and people being like, oh my gosh. And the worst thing, people I used to work with like at that same bar who had like now quit their job and gone on to do other office jobs and things, they'd come back and be like, oh my God, babe, what are you still doing working here? What are you still doing working here? And I was just oh my god and I'd be like and I'd be telling them what I'm doing and I'd be telling them no like you know just doing this to support myself but you know I'm still I'm doing amazing like I've got some amazing opportunities on the go I'm just hoping that like something more permanent comes and then they go to me do you know what dm me I can give you a number for some lady I can get you like a you can get like a like a job that basically I can get and I was like did you not just hear all the great things I was doing I don't need your help Don't, don't help me <laughs> exactly don't help me it wouldn't be anything to do with what I was doing they were trying to give me a job out of pity like and it was like it could be any job like oh I work for window window repairs definitely on reception and I just think oh my god be yourself did you not just hear what I was doing you honestly don't rate me uh, do not hear that I went to twitter exactly. <laughs> why I was in the twitter building <laughs> what I mean and it's like I was also there I just want to say exactly. I was there with Auntie. <laughs> That's why I'm getting gas because I too was there. I was also there. Right, there's pictures of the two of us there. Yeah, exactly. It's true. But I'm like, um, I'm going there multiple times. I've been to, I've been to Google. I've been to many of them. Jermaine. And I mean, <laughs> as a young person, you're really proud about these things. You're coming back. You're telling your family. You're telling work, and no one's impressed. But at the end of the day, you, the only person that needs to believe in you is you. Tenacity, mm-hmm. persistence. Don't give up because the only way you fail is if you give up, and you've got to keep get going. And it pays off. And it's simple as that you know just yeah so but but I think what you said about money is very important I think people just think like there is a lot of money in the creative industry especially advertising and I think when you are like oh yeah I want to go into industry I want to like make things and stuff you don't realize that this is there's a scale (laughs) so when you when you're at the bottom there's no money you know what I mean like there's there's a lot of times I think People don't realize that a lot of the jobs that you get at the beginning aren't like living wage. You can't just do that. Like when I was a runner, I had I had a part-time job yeah. and I couldn't have not done it <laughs> without having a job because yeah. I have bills to pay. London is one of the most expensive cities in the world. Like, exactly. yeah. Um, yeah. So that's really important. Don't, don't, don't be ashamed that you need to have another job Yeah. because... Oh. I, I told you, I was cleaning sick, okay? I came from Twitter and I, I was cleaning sick, like, not with my bare hands or anything, like with a mop or a long squeegee, but still, it was beneath me. <laughs> what do you mean? Being sick, I was having people talk to me anyhow, and I just had to keep going because I got, I knew, I, knew, I had in my mind's eye where I was getting to. I had in my mind's eye, I knew what I wanted, and I, it just, it was so deep-rooted and, like, there was nothing else for me, do you know? Mm. Just who I am now. It was literally just my, who I was. Like, it wasn't that I was... 
I was holding on to some big idea. I just naturally knew where I was going. So, got and, to Hey, that resilience would come in handy. Yeah. That, that like motivation would come in handy, definitely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy you did it, Anthea. You survived. I mean, another thing, support network. I mean, we're speaking about our situations are different because you weren't living at home with a with parent. And, and I, you know, everyone, you've got, to, you've got to try and look for what, your, you've got to look for your privilege and your support network and what Definitely. you can kind of finesse to support you to get to where you're going because like we're saying there might not be a lot, a lot of money in everyone's situation and you know but everyone's different not everyone can work part-time or I don't know what people or some people have to pay rent um you can, exactly. speak, you can speak on the rent side but for me like something that I guess is uh has been a privilege on my side that I do still live at home to this day and I love it because <laughs> <laughs> It's very supportive. Do you know what I mean? It's very supportive towards all the plans I have for myself now that happened for myself before. It means that I have roof over my head. I have food to eat and I can pursue these, these dreams whilst I have that, you know what I mean? I have those basic necessities like being, being given, well, yeah, being done for me. So that's such a massive privilege on my side that not everyone has. Um, I was working part-time, but the part-time that, that was like going towards other things that I want to do. And not everyone has that privilege. Some people do have to pay rent. Some people do, do you know what I mean? So if you just got to look around you and see what support you do have and see what maybe, I'm not really sure like what, um, cause I can't speak on it, but what sort of like, um, platforms there are for young people that need like financial help and like more like free things free workshops and things like that but I think maybe that's something that I should work on finding out more about because it helps people mm. just ways to sort of do it um try and try and pursue dreams cheaper or in, in a yeah in a very financially sustainable way it's something that I will look into and try and put out there but yeah maybe um I'm happy to once the studio hire thing is set up because the whole point of our studio and renting it out is for people who might not have the money to hire a studio to create content yeah, because, exactly. because like that is sometimes that's the thing that stands in the way for people yeah. to make that amazing film or make that amazing music video. So like, yeah, I totally think that like ha having to pay rent and living like I don't I don't have any family um in London um yeah. most of my family still lives in Germany my, like my my mom and my sister live in Germany so I don't I don't have like a lot of family <laughs> um <laughs> close by so like yeah. for me definitely while I was looking for work and stuff in the back of my mind I had a cutoff date like I was like I have x amount of money for this time if I don't make it then I have to find a different job so I can pay for my rent yeah. and then I can try and find it so I know I got really lucky I got so lucky that everything worked out in the way that it did yeah but I could I could have gone a different route and things worked out differently yeah. so yeah 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 so now we are here within the industry to non-white women <laughs> um and again thinking about our 16 year old selves and then I had a really interesting uh, conversation with Jackie like a few weeks ago we caught up and stuff during this whole pandemic and whatnot and this was me catching Jackie up on how the entire pandemic pandemic's been for me also in the wake of this pandemic we've had many phases 
and one of the phases which obviously it's definitely not a phase it's it's a lifestyle but i'm saying like you know in, t- in terms of it being at the forefront in the trends or like media tra- social media trends and etc um was you know the um sudden um how do i even put it the, su- the sudden paying attention to b- the blm movement is that how yeah uh, I, I i i would say uh 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 I, I I think it's weird for us because be, like Black Lives Matter is not new. It didn't yeah. spring out of existence mm. June twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but it's it's this renewed, I guess, yeah, attention, energy, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. renewed. Like, I guess it just June twenty twenty reopened the yeah. whole world into mm. a conversation about race right now yeah which i didn't expect <laughs> yeah uh, i had conversation with i had blind side of me yeah, blind side of soul and i was um i was um speaking about we were both speaking about our experiences sort of during that time and then um i was speaking about uh my personal experience with my company which i still have not touched on i don't think fully but i will speak on later on um, but basically i had an experience that hmm that meant that I was almost made redundant, but then um, in hindsight, I actually kept my, I was, I was re- redeployed is the term that we use. Um, I was redeployed to a different department and I kept my employment, thank Jesus. Um, <laughs> thank Jesus, because I did too much to be here. Um, you can't see me, but I'm doing gun fingers. <laughs> honestly. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then Jackie and I were speaking about this sort of, um, this sort of just entire progression that's that that's the word the progression of women especially black women in the industry so this entire um season of podjicate is the junior season so i've spoken to zishan so far and now i'm speaking to jackie um both who are mixed black um and um Jackie and I obviously both being black females was just speaking about Jackie made a comment about um how a lot of times like the issue is that what you said that basically young black people are being hired at this level and not being like the whole, the whole movement is we need to get black people in we need to get young bane people in we need to get people that Jimmy we need to get people that are that are whatever um minority group in but then once they're in the work sort of stops people don't think about it's the ceos understanding what's wrong with their their companies it's md's understanding what's wrong with their companies it's hr department trying to get them in but the progression um work the work to progress them and also the education of middle management i also had a conversation with somebody else who was saying that a lot of time is middle management that you see the problem within it's just missing um yeah, I think that's the conversation we had. Would you were you going to say anything on that? Right. I think yeah, no, it's it's just something as a junior myself. Yeah, that's just something I noticed that, like across the board, I'll meet a lot of other black juniors mm. or um, other ethnicities, but very so rarely will I meet like senior members of staff mm. or head of departments or you know what I mean um and and again i'm not saying they don't exist they obviously exist like you know in the u.s team there was the head of design was black he obviously left um because you know it's his time people leave but um and 
there are obviously, but I feel like you as a junior don't often see yourself being promoted in the companies that you work for. And I agree, like managers are everything. Like we, we don't talk enough about how important it is to have a really good relationship with your manager. Obviously work is work, but I think you should be able to trust your manager and you should feel like your manager is in your corner. Yeah. And if you don't feel like that, then you need to talk to your manager because if you, if you don't feel like you can reach out to your manager and say, Hey, like this happened or I don't like this, even if it's like minor or you think you're being a baby, that's the whole point of a manager is to make sure that you, you can work without any other stresses, like any questions that you should have, you should feel comfortable asking your manager, especially during this time. Yeah. I know I'm very fortunate that I was, my, my manager asked me like, how are you? How are things going? Like, yeah. it's like, how do you feel? Like, what's your opinion on this? And I appreciated that because yeah. she was seeing me, you know, as a black person, but also as her employee, there was yeah. a welfare check while also just being like, what do you think about mm-hmm. this issue? And, and like, if you didn't have that, you need to check in with your manager. Yeah. I think you're, you're a real person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess I don't, I don't know if I'm necessarily speaking to my main, my, my target audience with this, but I guess maybe it's something for us all to bear in mind that I think, um, the requirements for management need to be assessed within a lot of corporations and companies. Um, I think a lot of time, you know what I mean? The requirement is, can you do your job? Are you able to lead the team? Another, are you able to lead a bunch of people to, to sort of achieve, goals across the board in terms of making the company money in terms of like you know getting projects out hitting targets like just are you able to drive this but when when i don't think companies are asking enough if those people are actually able to like compassionately lead a team if they have the company's corporate social responsibility values that they claim they have i'm not sure they're making sure that those managers have those those values it's part of, do you know what I mean? Cause you're very lucky and you're sort of saying in, in the sense of you have somebody who's saying uh, like, how are you as a person? How's your wellbeing? I think you know, during pandemic and during such times, a lot of the companies send out these company wide emails about, you know, how to take care of your mind, make sure you take time off. But do we have compassionate management that are making sure that like, if I said, to, if I said, look, the pandemic's getting a bit much for me today, I just need to take the afternoon off. I know that we don't have that much going on. Can I just, you know, do we have management that's going to, that's going to be like, well, no, because actually you might think we don't have a lot going on, but there's too much for you. Do you know, what's, exactly. What, what, how are they as people? Are you just promoting them because you know, they, I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. something that basically needs to be said. Um, speaking about sort of like senior management, I think in the same breath, a lot of it's, it's like once the industry helps one did they help one person once in one once one person once one person works on themselves to push them up themselves up to one position i feel like that senior manager it makes the rounds everyone acts like there's only one person when someone that it's in the public eye that i'm going to use as example is the um ex i can't remember if she was cmo of i can't remember exactly if she was cmo of uber Mm-hmm. and is now at netflix can't remember her role at netflix but um jimmy what's that all about like is it's like okay so now 
who Uber had their I feel like Uber had their quotation of a black senior management that's all for them luckily not in diversity I mean and now everyone's like taking their turn to say oh we've had do you mean we've had this person working for us and I feel like are, are you telling me there's nobody in your company that you can promote to that level are you telling me okay. that you have not do you mean there's there's nobody in your network that we don't know of already that you got I just I I don't know but yeah. But I think but I think what you're touching on is the thing, and again, like this is from my personal experience and yeah. from what I've seen is it feels like there are more chances taken on like mid-level like white staff to become yeah. managers, to become seniors. While if you're black or any other minority, I feel like you have to be have like eight times more experience have to really prove yourself you have to be talked about you you have to be hot like everyone's talking about this black yeah, yeah. creative oh, right rather than, yeah exactly like as you said like it feels like and that's what i meant earlier like not that they don't exist it just feels like there's like 10 there's 10 black people that everyone knows that is in the industry and that you know have obviously like been exceptional like as in like they've decided the 10 and no one else can join them almost yeah. like it's not enough space like oh these these are the 10 black creatives that we have all co-signed and that's it yeah rather than yeah as you said why are you not looking in your own um company in your own like staff and like train someone up invest in your actual employees I'd, maybe that is, that's the tea. invest in your employees train them like honestly just train them give put in your time and money because for me it's like if you want to be a good company you have to invest time and money into your staff because mm. having like high turnaround is not good mm. you want people to stay for five six ten yeah. years you don't want people to come in every one or two years yeah i mean your company culture isn't good if that if that's the case yeah and I was going to say maybe the case is that this is then going off on a different tangent but maybe the case is that they only want the people that people know because of P PR opportunities but but, but again <laughs> but if that's the truth then you don't care about diversity you care about achieve PR da, 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 da. Yeah. if you as we said if you cared about diversity you would do more than hire one person that person leaves and then you're not filling their spot with another person of color yeah. <laughs> so. yeah yeah okay well we've we've said it we're talking to you to me you know who we're talking to um but just as i was saying like i started off this conversation by saying like go talking about being 16 you know what i mean you're saying at 16 you want to be really successful blah blah and do you feel like that's still a thing like you still want to be like really successful within the industry and whatnot and i think i still letting go of like i have to be good at everything yeah. felt like like my ambition kind of left but i think i i no, i'm still very ambitious and i still really i have a lot of dreams and i have a lot of things that i want to do yeah but i've just become better at taking my time mm. i'm just like because at the end of the day like life isn't just work and I'm trying to make sure that I have an even life work balance that yeah. I'm like in my real life while yeah. also doing my job. Yeah. So I, I still believe I will be successful. Yeah. Um, but I think 
I'm allowing myself to rethink what being successful means. Yeah. And not just in my job, but also in my personal life. I want to, you know, be happy outside of work. Yeah. And not just be good at work. And I yeah. think that was really important for me. Yeah. Which is a really good point. And I think very similar to you, I would also... I also believe that I will be successful. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it's just what does success look like to you? I mean, a lot of my success is not... I mean, my career contributes to my, what I see success as, but I just, it's not about who I am rather mm-hmm. than how it sort of, like, helps me to do what I want to do within my life, you know? And just, just all of it. So, like you say, work-life balance and just finding um, a way to do that that's not mentally taxing and whatnot so very good point but it's it's also looking at i say that because we're looking at what the opportunities and the chances of success look like for you and i in terms of progressing Mm -hmm. in terms of you know if we're looking at management we're looking at all these things and we're saying that like this is what the company has the company the industry has us now like and they think they've done their their work gotta choose a path that we want to go to but I think also what I keep trying to remember is that you know where I work now I can continue working on it but in five years time I might want to do something completely different yeah and that's also fine like you know like this is something someone at work told me because I was like stressing about money and not having savings and buying a house I think I was having like a mini breakdown (laughs) and she just grabbed me and she literally looked at me she was like you are so young. She was like, you're literally 10 years younger than me, Jackie. And then she went, ah, that hurts me. And, and she was like, you're like, so much will change. In, when, you're, when you're in your 30s, when you're 35, when you're 40, like, don't worry. Like, you'll get there when you get there. Yeah. Like, and I think that really like, helped me be like, yeah, yeah, like, my career is actually so long. Yeah, oh, it's true. And, yeah but even like I think having someone like Sherry in my life also proved to me that you can always completely change what you're doing you know she went from a producer to now like running a really successful I can't talk successful (laughs) magazine yeah um out of out of her kitchen and she did that because she wanted to because that's what she was inspired to like yeah so like seeing that made me be like yeah like I can work in the music industry for like 10 years and then I could change and I could still be successful in the new thing yeah. that I decide to do. It's, it's a nice comfort. It, it makes me feel like I can have multiple lives. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, Sherry, Sherry um, started the magazine once she had had kids. So she had worked in production for a while. She had kids and then said the whole point in pitch was like, she wanted to be able to do very, Sherry's very um, proactive person. So therefore she wanted to, she didn't want to be idle. She wanted to do what she wants, something that she's always wanted to do whilst being able to work around the kids and nobody makes running a company and raising a family look so seamless as Sherry. 100%. Seamless. You need to work with her in her home office and somebody who manages to, 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 do you know what I mean? Cook lunches, dinners, take her kids to school, b- uh, book in after school clubs, organize half term activities, still go to um, industry events and network meetings. meetings and oh, everything. And somehow, still, do you know what I mean? Somehow, still like just not seem completely like 
exhausted she just does she does it all and she does it so fast and she does amazing things and i think yeah that these are all very good examples of you can be what you want to be there's no particular structure and also another thing i think a lot of people think like what you were saying i think a lot of people say like when you're younger and you're looking at 25 25 seems like okay by 25 i'm sorry but I would have had a, a job and I would have been moved out and this and that and the rest of it. Exactly. And it's so vague. I mean, you really think about like, let's, let's really put some things into perspective. 25 is four years after you finish uni for most people. Some people, exactly. so many things can happen. First and foremost, you can, you can take a extra year somewhere within this education system to like just take a year out or figure out what mm-hmm. you want to do. Uh, sometimes you might decide to do another course here and there. You might finish uni at 23. You might not, you might not do uni, but whatever it is, it just, it just doesn't always go the way you expect it. There's like people expect that all the, all the parts of building a career just cut like, like that. So I'm gonna finish uni, I'm gonna apply to a job, and then this, 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 this. And I do know someone who is kind of similarly like that, and I'm just like, oh, babe. <laughs> like, oh. like but I think also, also like I was really jealous. I think of people who had this kind of, you know, this like, you know, went to uni, finished at 21, got into a graduate scheme, are working at a company, now they're like, like a manager or like whatever. There are those people. Yeah. But a lot of them actually that I've met now, like a lot of them quit. They went traveling, realized they didn't want to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like, like I had a friend who was like, I panicked. I, I got to the final year of university and I, I was like, I need a job. So I took any job <laughs> without thinking about what I really wanted to do. Um, and as you said, like everyone's path is different. Yeah. Meaning that, yeah, like 25 is not when you have to have your life together. Mm. Honestly, it, it is unrealistic. Very. <laughs> also, watching I mean, some... Actually, not for everybody. Not for everybody. Because I will say that also some people like i have a half sister and by 25 doing amazingly she's doing all the things that people had planned to do jimmy you know all the like the career had been going for a while she had finished uni career been going for a while she like bought a house by 26 but, that, but different circumstances because she also had very um her mum worked very hard to put her in very good education basically which afforded her certain privileges also and that's what i'm saying it's all very relative so you know I do this to speak to people who are trying to come up and I just want you guys to hear all of this these things and take it how you will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Basically, what we're trying to tell you is just go with the flow of your life and don't try and imitate someone else's trajectory because you're different and that's okay. Yeah. It's totally okay. There, as you said, there's no like right way to do anything. And always remember... Ava DuVernay didn't start until she was 40 years old to become a filmmaker. She just woke up one day and said, I want to make movies. And then she did it. And look at her, Oscar nominated. Sick. So many people, so many people that, do you mean, yeah. So, success Mm -hmm. doesn't have a timestamp. That is basically what we're trying to say in in many words and rambling. (laughs) Basically. Oh, Jackie, my babe. Thank you so much for being here thank you for having me chatting with me oh you shut up 
you shut up. I've been, I've been looking forward to having you, just working out how to do it. But I think that we've had such an amazing chat, as I always do with you, saying so many very intelligent things on your side. I don't know what I said on my side. Um, <laughs> so many intelligent things, so many helpful things, so many amazing things. Hear about your story and whatnot. Um, and I think that's that, that's t- I've touched on everything. So just uh, gonna leave you now and stop chewing your ear off. But um, is there anything in particular that you would like to put out there for people to know about you, to find you anywhere? To or if if not, then you can just want to go away and we just wrap it up because that has happened um, before. <laughs> I just um, there are things happening, but you know, I I I will, I'll, I'll let Anthea know when they're real, when they're real okay. things, when they're physical entities that I can show. Um, but um, you can you cannot catch me anywhere. I like <laughs> Don't follow me. Don't catch me <laughs> in anything. It's none of your business. <laughs> um, working on social media doesn't want me makes me want to be on social media. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let me let me have my private space. Um, but we do meet in person. My fellow like whoever's listening, if we ever meet in person, may, maybe we can follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Sorry. maybe. Yeah, you gotta play, play cool, Anthea. You gotta be cool, cool, aloof, aloof. When, it, when are you not cool? Don't be silly. <laughs> Don't be silly. Okay, girl. Blowing kisses. I mean, I'm not gonna actually end the, the Zoom call. Just you guys. Bye. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, thanks Bye. for me, my love. Oh, you amazing girl. Right, stop recording. Bye. <laughs>